The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I just got back late last night around midnight from Boston, Massachusetts. I went to graduate school there and then ended up staying there for a while after. So I lived in Boston for about 10 years, just shy of 10 years. And because of that, I still have some clients in the area. So pre-COVID, I was actually flying to Boston every other weekend to treat some of my clients. And then the pandemic happened. And now I drive there typically about once every six to eight weeks or so. But this past weekend was my first time flying there to treat my patients in two and a half years, which felt really foreign. I had the routine down pat since I was doing it so frequently. And this time around, I forgot a lot of things. I forgot that I had to take a train from the Boston airport to the car rental place and how the car rental process even works. So I felt like a brand new person to the travel industry, but it was great. I treat my clients with MS and it gives me so much joy and happiness. I think treating someone in their home is priceless. I'm able to see exactly what their home environment is like and give them exercises and tweak their exercises specifically to what they're dealing with in their day-to-day life. So it was really great. And while I was there, I actually had several conversations about consistency and goal setting. And perhaps this is because of the start of a new year it's January right now. And so I know myself, I have had years where I come up with lots of goals and resolutions. And then there's other years where I just say, screw it. And I come up with a word of the year and I work towards that, or even a word of the day. And it can be really challenging this time of year to set goals, because we don't know what the year is going to bring. If the last two and a half years has taught us anything, it's that we just never know. So while it is challenging to set goals or to set resolutions or even a word of the year, it's really important to understand that you can still make a difference. So as I was talking to some of my clients, I was reminded of an email that I sent out to my email list recently If you're on my email list, you either already got this email or you will soon. 
And if you're not on my email list, I'll put the link in my show notes to this episode. I send one educational email per week, and sometimes it's related to MS exercises. Other times it's motivational or tips to increase your energy. So it's never spammy. It's just education. I get a lot of joy out of writing those emails. So I'll put the link if you're not already on the email list in the show notes. So I sent out this email and I was talking about the compound effect. And I think it is so important this time of year, really any time of year, but especially in the beginning of a year. So I am going to share an Aesop fable with you. It's called the frog in the milk pail. And I'm going to paraphrase here, and then I'm going to tie it in at the end. I think you'll be able to see my point pretty clearly, but I'll bring it back around to how this relates to your goals and specifically related to multiple sclerosis. So again, it's called the frog in the milk pail. So basically what is happening? I want you to picture a farm and there's a frog and there's a cricket. So the frog is going around eating a bunch of different things, flies, spiders, mosquitoes, but then the frog sees a cricket and the cricket is hopping away from him. So the frog is hopping towards the cricket and basically just following him wherever he goes. So the cricket ends up hopping into a milk shed. So he hops through the door, onto a milk stool, onto a tabletop, onto a window ledge, and then out the window. Meanwhile, this frog is following him the whole way. However, as the frog attempted to hop out the window, he fell down into a milk pail. So this pail was filled with milk just about halfway. So the level of the milk was too low for him to reach the top of the pail. And the sides of the pail were high, meaning he couldn't climb out either. So he had to figure out what he's going to do in this situation. So the frog starts kicking his legs and he swam in circles just over and over and over again until he became pretty tired. So he wanted to rest for a bit. The frog closed his eyes, but when he did that, when he stopped to rest, he sank to the bottom of the pail, his nostrils filled with milk, he couldn't breathe. So he used his legs to push off the bottom and kicked with all of his little might until he could come to the surface again. And he was so afraid of that experience and he was just so tired, he just wanted to rest. But every time he quit kicking, he kept sinking down to the bottom of the milk pail again and started to drown. So the frog decided that he did not want to give in to the fear. He was not going to give in to his tired legs. He wanted to survive. So he kept kicking. He kicked and kicked and kicked. And then something interesting happened. Because he was kicking so much, the milk began to turn thicker around him. So at first, this made kicking even harder. The milk was more dense. It was thickened milk that tried to suck him back down to the bottom of the pail. It was harder than ever to swim and to kick through that thickened milk, but the frog still did not give up. Finally, the milk turned so thick that the frog could actually stand on top of it instead of sinking in. The milk had been turned into butter through all of the kicking and turning and churning that the frog was doing, the frog was able to stand on the butter 
and climb out safely and return to his family. So each kick in this story in the moment to the frog seemed meaningless. Like there was no point to it. He was destined to fail. He kept sinking and then it was just getting harder and harder. But over time, the kicks compounded. So this is a perfect example of the compound effect. And the compound effect can be applied to almost every area of our lives, including finances, learning something new, friendships, exercise, or really any goal that you are working towards. And it's the same concept that allows neuroplasticity to improve our strength. It's not going to happen overnight, but by repeating movements over and over again, specific movements that are designed to help you improve functional strength over and over and over again, eventually your brain will find a, a new pathway to allow that movement to occur, or it will strengthen the pathway that does exist, but was weaker. So just think, I'm going to take this away from exercise for a second, but just think if you committed to reading 10 pages a day of whatever book, magazine, anything you wanted, 10 pages a day in one year, you will have read 10 books. If you have saved $2 a day for 10 years, let's say you're someone who just really wants to get on top of your finances and just save some money, or maybe you're saving for something specific. If you save $2 a day for 10 years, you would have $7,300. So you'll see that, you know, even just with reading a book, 10 pages a day doesn't seem like a ton, but that's 10 books in a year. And so to get started with this compound effect, to start reaping these benefits, choose a small task that aligns with a goal that you're working towards. And make sure that it's something you can commit to daily. It does not need to be monumentous. It doesn't need to be something big. In fact, it should be very small, something that seems doable. For example, if you have a goal of walking better, yet you're finding it difficult to even exercise in the first place. Maybe it might feel more doable for you to exercise for just five minutes, or maybe just do one exercise a day and just start there. It might seem meaningless, like there's no point to it, just like the frog when he started kicking. However, the more consistent you are over the course of time, you'll see real results one step at a time. And it does take time and it will get harder and there will be fatigue and there will be things that get in your way, if not just life. But over time, the longer you stick to something, not only will it become a habit, but you will see results. And I wanted to share three different books with you. I am a huge personal development junkie. And so stuff like this is right up my alley. If you want to get more motivated and look more into these, uh, this concept of the compound effect, there's three books that I'll share with you right now that I just really loved. And I think that you will love them too. So the first is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. The second is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. 
And the third is the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I'll put all of those in the show notes. If you are interested, you can grab them there. But the gist of each of these, but they give really great tips. So I would highly encourage you either reading them or listening to them on an audiobook. The general gist is that making small improvements on a daily basis adds up to big change, even if the results are hardly noticeable in the moment. And I just think this is an amazing reminder for this time of year because you don't need to set huge, huge, huge goals. What matters most is consistency and small improvements. And you will feel like it's maybe not worth it and you won't notice any changes for a while. And then it's going to get harder and you still won't notice changes, but then you will hit a point where you do see a difference. Again, that you can relate this to your exercise routine or to a goal of reading or a goal of waking up earlier or saving money. So think about any goal you have. It does not need to be related to MS, but remember, especially if you're someone who right now is feeling discouraged and overwhelmed, and maybe you're thinking, I've tried to reach this goal before and it didn't work. So why is this year going to be any different? Because I know how easy it is to fall in that trap and just know the compound effect does happen. Sure, it's challenging. You got to mentally be into it, but it's doable and you can see a difference. I hope you found this helpful. Again, I will share in the show notes my link to sign up for my email list, as well as the three books that I referenced in this episode. And I hope that you're excited and motivated to get started on working towards your goals or picking just one tiny thing that will help you get to your goal, even if it seems so small that it's worthless to even make a goal to do. And I know you can do it. I am here for you. If you need any extra motivation or tips and strategies, follow along on my YouTube channel or social media channels, and I will see you on our next episode. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.